Cast Sports Show, the official podcast of HuskerHype.com. This is Justin, along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. We also bring back John Sweetland of HuskerHype.com. Welcome, John. Hey, guys. What's up? Derek, good to see you uh, repping the Cubs hat tonight. I know that's a fan or a fan favorite of uh, Coach Frost, my friend. Hey, it's good to have something in common with the guy, right? I did not know he was a Cubs fan. Have you Derek not is, seen any pictures of him lately? He's wearing a Cubs hat like 50% of the time. I was talking about Derek. Uh, <laughs> I thought that, that, that is such a blow against Frost. He, he has better judgment than that. Get, get on board with the Cardinals. Nobody wants to get on board with those guys. Nobody hey, John, uh, last, <laughs> John, last week uh, you published an article on HuskerHype.com featuring all the unofficial visitors coming to Lincoln. Uh can you kind of recap that and tell us about how those visits went and if we're going to get any uh, commits out of there? Yeah, that's a good question. So Nebraska hosted 30-plus visitors, and I say plus slightly because uh, there's always guys that you know show up a few days before and then don't make it for one reason or another, uh, or there's just guys that show up, period, that we weren't expecting. So uh, it was a really good weekend for Nebraska. They got to show off everything about the stadium, uh, the fan support, uh, the direction of the program, scheme, et cetera. So um, from from just a visit standpoint, it was really good. It was really, really constructive. Uh, I know some guys didn't have as much time with the staff as they'd like, uh, but I think the staff did a really, really, really good job uh, touching base with everyone as there was a handful of, uh, of visitors on on hand that were you know key guys that have offers, plus a bunch of other guys who, who maybe don't have an offer today. So who was our biggest target out of this group? Oh, there was uh, John Bivens, probably the running back um, out of the, the Midwest. I think he's out of Ohio. He is uh, a terrific running back, terrific top-line speed. He's also what Coach Ryan held is looking for in a kind of a cut-and-go guy. Uh, wants to get up and get going as quick as he can. He's not dancing around the backfield a lot. Uh, you've got defensive end, Mosai Newsom. Um, from Iowa as well. I think this is his third or fourth visit to Nebraska over the last two months. Um, so that was a really big visit for the defensive end in the 2019 class. Um, and then you had some other guys that that, uh, that were in town that have maybe been here before or, or not been here uh, before. One of them is uh, Ty Robinson out of Gilbert, Arizona. Um, he's a big defensive end. He's got a ton of family in Nebraska. Um, his dad played uh, I forget what sport, it's not football, at Nebraska. So he's got really deep ties to the state here. Um, those are probably the top three guys that were out this weekend. There's a whole bunch of other guys, Jaden Russell out of Kansas City, um, Thomas Grayson, the running back commit out of Booker T. Washington High School uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, was here with a couple of teammates as well. Um, and then there was a whole host of you know in-state guys, uh, Garden City, Community College sent up a whole host of guys with Coach Jeff Sims. Um, not with him, but they tagged along with him for recruiting reasons. He can't bring them with him. Um, so there's a whole list of guys here this weekend. Probably the top three, though, are the uh, are John Bivens, the running back, uh, Ty Robinson, the defensive end, and Mosai Newsom, the defensive end. So has there been any word if we're closer to getting any of these guys to commit right now, or what's, what's the stance there? 
There's no official stance on that, and that's a good question. Um, the staff is kind of in a weird spot. So it's right before the spring evaluation period where the staff can go out on the road, evaluate guys, kind of make those face-to-face connections because they've really been limited the last two months um, to just calling, tweeting, you know, direct messaging, et cetera. So I think you'll see a lot of changes here over the next 60 days in terms of recruits who are hot with or maybe falling out of favor with. Um, I would say probably the next likely to commit are probably – uh, Ty Robinson, and then Mosai Newsom. Um, they're both defensive ends. I know there's already a couple uh, guys who could kind of maybe play those roles. Um, Ethan Piper would be one of them, the in-state kid. Um, but I think those are the next two likely to pop. Um, from there, I would probably target Luke McCaffrey out of Colorado as uh, the guy I'd put on my big board next. Um, he's the quarterback slash athlete, you know, brother of Dylan McCaffrey, as everyone knows. Um, so some kind of coming from some great pedigree there. The McCaffrey family has pumped out two Division One athletes and two NFL athletes as well. So um, lots of guys coming and going. I hate to I hate to say this guy's going to commit or this guy's next on the list because it really doesn't look that way right now. I think they're really trying to evaluate their options, make sure they have the best fit for guys uh, before they start taking commitments. There's been a whole host of running backs in town as well. Um, Thomas Grayson, he's been here and committed. Uh, Ramir Johnson was here. John Bivens was here. Uh, Charles West out of Garden Center Community College or Garden City Community College. Sorry if I butcher that. Um, he was in town as well this weekend with some other guys. So you're going to see a lot of names this spring. So really, I would advise everyone not to hang on to any one specific kid um, or recruit because that's just going to keep changing and, and evolving over the next 30 to 60 days. Okay. So, John, let me ask you this. Do you think that there's any uh, problem with the staff not bringing in official visits for the spring game, especially when you're selling out a spring game? Doesn't that seem like a little bit of a mistake, or is it just me on that? I know me and Tyler have kind of had this conversation before. but Yeah, that's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword because you want guys that want to be here. Nebraska's handcuffed this season. They have two official visits left for the spring so they're going to use them wisely. Those don't reset until this fall. So they can't bring in, you know, five or six or seven guys and their families, um, you know, all expenses paid to do that. And that's really the challenge of having those official visits is when do you use them? How do you use them? Are you using them correctly? Um, Scott has kind of said that he wants to use them this fall. I think that's just a matter of you have to use them this fall because he doesn't have any to use right now, or he has really limited ones right now. So, um, Derek, good question. I would say in this case, it's going to push to the fall just because of the situation they're in. Now, nationally, more kids are recruiting earlier and earlier. You've got the early signing period every December now. Um, I firmly believe you need to spend a healthy amount of your visits in the spring and in the fall. I would say probably 30%, maybe 40% of your official visits should be in the spring and summer. Um, getting those guys who are interested on campus, locking them up, forming that relationship with their families before they start taking visits to, uh, to see other programs. Well, all these recruits, they were definitely treated to one hell of a spring game. You know, the attendance was there, great action on the field. What are some of your spring game thoughts? Oh, man. So I'm going to get roasted for this. Feel free to tweet me. It's at John Sweetland or tag us at, at Husker Hype. Um, I think people need to put the brakes on the quarterback battle going to Adrian Martinez or even him having any sort of edge. 
you know, we're 15 practices into the Scott Frost era. That's two weeks of learning a scheme, implementing a scheme, executing a scheme. I thought Tristan Debia, um, for me, was the best passer in the spring game. I thought Adrian Martinez probably fit. Excuse me. I thought he probably fit the uh, the overall look and feel, the direction of the program from a scheme standpoint. Moving forward, the best. Um, but I thought he left a little to be desired uh, throwing the ball. Not bad by any means, but um, I thought there's just – I think a redshirt season would do him well. Um, this could be a similar situation to where UCF, um, you know, they, they started with a veteran quarterback through five or six games before they went to uh, uh, the Milton kid, and uh, he kind of, you know, turned the show on. So quarterback was an interesting one for me. Running backs, I thought Mikhail Wilbon was especially impressive considering where he's been the last couple of years. Um, it was good to see him show up. Uh, newcomer Greg Bell certainly made an impression on me. I really love what he did. Uh, and the burst of speed that he has. I think Nebraska doesn't have anyone else like him on their roster right now with that kind of top gear. Um, so that was good to see. I, I kind of knew going into the spring game we were going to see Stanley Morgan or J.D. Spielman um, just because of the virus that was going around. I'd heard in the, the days leading up, not only Spielman like everyone knew, but Stanley Morgan was, was also sick with it. Um, so I was really kind of keyed in on the wide receivers and who was going to do what. And who is going to emerge in the spring game? Um, and, and let me tell you, and, I, and guys, share your thoughts with me here on wide receiver before we keep going. But I really like Javon McQuitty. Um, mm-hmm. I thought he did great stuff. Um, and Mike Williams looks good too. But I think Mike Williams is going to need to add some bulk to his lower half this spring because he looked like a twig. So I just want to throw this out there real quick. Uh, Saturday night, uh, the Husker Cuz cast, we did a special episode recapping the spring game, uh, you know, offering our thoughts. And at the end, we did do an MVP segment where we each listed MVP. And, you know, we had Adrian Martinez in there. Uh, we had Greg Bell. And I had Javon McQuitty. I think you're exactly right about McQuitty. McQuitty is he's just going to be a special receiver. And uh, I really like what he's going to do there. But, John, I, I got to back up real quick here. Talking about the quarterback situation. Uh, you know, you're talking about redshirting Adrian Martinez. Do you think that we're deep enough at quarterback to redshirt Martinez, or are we going to have to bring a guy in, like a graduate transfer? Oh, I, uh, I, think, you're, I think Nebraska has got a very precarious situation at quarterback. Um, my redshirt impression would be if we started a game today, so if we had to play football today, Tristan Jebbia would get the start. Uh, Adrian Martinez would be number two, and Bunch would be a close third. Um, I think this kind of boils down to really a, a similar situation last year um, where you have Tanner Lee, who's healthy most of the season, but goes down late. Is it worth burning the redshirt of Adrian Martinez early at this point? Nebraska's got a brutal schedule uh, this season and next season, for that matter, uh, in terms of football. So I, I just think he could use that year of maturity. I think he could use the year of the offensive line you know, developing a little bit behind him, or in front of him, rather. So I just think... I just think it would behoove Nebraska to have a little bit of patience for Adrian Martinez at this point. Okay. Uh, okay, let's bring Tyler into this conversation. Tyler. Well, John, I think I think with that quarterback uh, conversation, that that's one of the biggest talks in Husker Nation right now. I mean, it's definitely the talk of the town. And Adrian Martinez was impressive. I mean, I think he he wowed people. But I'm with you on pumping the brakes on the kid. Uh, he, he looked good, but from a scheme standpoint, I didn't see them ask him to do a lot. Um, 
you know, athletically, you have to look a little bit at the competition he was going against. Uh, he wasn't definitely going against our starters, let alone a better team. And I, I would just, I think people just need to pump the brakes, let the quarterback battle take place. But right now, I'm with you on Tristan being the guy. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of uh, of hope looking at Adrian Martinez and the skill set that he brings, because it's 100% what you want in a Scott Frost offense up-tempo athletic quarterback who can throw and run the ball there's zero question that he could run the ball but if you hearken back to the days of you know taylor martinez um he could run the ball but man he couldn't throw the ball so i think you have to 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 rewire your mindset a little bit as a husker fan to acknowledge that, that hey we're not running the ball again this isn't an option offense this isn't a run first offense we need to be able to run the ball in order to pass, and we're going to be good at passing the ball. So I think you're right. I think maybe there's a little overreaction on Adrian Martinez from the fans. I don't think that's bad. We got to have something to talk about until August. I just think that this this if you look at Tristan Jevia with all the bad snaps and other stuff that he had, if they weren't playing you know two hand touch, he might have taken that one run for a touchdown. He might have gotten blown up you know 13 yards down the side as well. Um, I, I just think that for anyone to make an assumption about a depth chart or who's leading after that spring game would be asinine. And I just want to throw this out there. I was super impressed by Andrew Bunch. That ball, he threw three touchdowns in my mind. I know one of them got called back and he threw another one, but he threw three excellent balls. That touchdown to Kurt Raftel, the, uh, the freshman tight end down the left sideline where he towed one foot in. That was a hell of a throw. It's where only his guy could catch it. Um, his other touchdown, you know, the guy simply just got open behind the secondary, and that's impressive. So I don't want to say that there is any clear leader. If I had to name a leader throwing the ball, it'd be Jevia because he had more yards. If I had to name a leader rushing the ball, it'd be Martinez because he obviously did more with his feet. And if I just had to say, you know what, who's a hell of a good guy that's going to be a quality quarterback and give everyone a run for their money, I'd say Andrew Bunch at this point. Um, there's too much on the table um, to really rule any of those three out. Um, you know, I, I can preach that till I'm, I'm blue in the face, but Husker fans, pay attention. Watch fall camp. You're not going to get any inkling of who the starter is. They're going to get even reps all the way through fall camp. And if Noah Vedral's situation looks promising, he's going to get some reps. He looked a little rusty, but that's exactly what I expect out, out from a guy who's only really probably had three or four real practices at Nebraska just because there's no sense in giving him top reps or even real reps at this point. But don't you think that, you know, the quarterback situation is exceeding our expectations. We all kind of knew what Tristan Jebby was going to bring in, you know, based off his performance last year in the spring game. And then here we have Adrian Martinez, a guy that, you know, sat out senior year of high school, was going to be rusty and Andrew Brunch, a guy that was, you know, I'm going to say like just a walk on come in and all these guys just, they, they stole the show ultimately. And we thought that we were in good hands within the quarterback situation last year with uh, uh, coming out of the spring game with Tanner Lee and Patrick O'Brien and uh, Tristan. But uh, aren't we in a better position this year than last year, John? I would say from a talent perspective, sure. I think we're in a better position this year than we were last year. Um, I, you know, Jebbia, I had heard that he was pushing for the number two spot late last fall. Uh, I might have told you guys that here or there. 
Um, but just because of, you know, preserving a red shirt, he, he didn't get the number two spot and eventually start. Um, I think the top of the, the I think the, the sky is the limit for these quarterbacks. They're all young. They're all inexperienced. They've all shown good things. Um, but there's certainly some questions about depth because you only have three guys today who could trot out and, uh, and play a game. So be excited about it. Pay attention to it. Watch the race. And uh, I would say just kind of keep an eye on it from there. Don't don't if you don't set any lofty expectations, you're not, not going to be disappointed this fall. All right, John, let's move to the defensive side of the ball. What are your reactions to defense? Can Breon Dixon play? I'd love for him to get a waiver. Yeah. He had a lot of offsides calls, though. <laughs> you know, I thought I thought he's a unique player. You know, he moved down from the secondary at Ole Miss, I think it was safety, to the outside linebacker spot at Nebraska. And he's shown that he can do exactly what you want out of a, a, a three, four outside linebacker, which is drop into the slot position, cover some guys, have the speed to keep up with them, have the size to still help out. Um, so I was really impressed with him. I wasn't really impressed with the offensive line or defensive line uh, in this, in the spring game, but again, it's a scrimmage. Um, I thought Dyshawn Neal really looked good. Uh, I think he had the most tackles for a loss. He had two sacks and a fumble recovery. Um, Alex Davis looked really good at the outside linebacker position. He was really lost last year. I feel like he's kind of got a better of understanding of the scheme, where he's supposed to be, why he's supposed to be there. Um, and he picked off that interception that almost would have gone for six if he wasn't wearing one of those old throwback jerseys that was real loose. So, Do you have any love affair for Jacob Winemaster? Nope, zero. Nothing against really? the kid. I think I think he's provided solid depth, but it's a scrimmage. You saw a lot of guys in the scrimmage that you're not, not going to see uh, participating in the game. I simply think that the linebacker position, thanks to the prior staff, don't hate on me, um, but Trent Bray did a hell of a job having about six guys ready to go at inside linebacker and probably another four or five guys that are good quality linebackers that have put themselves in front of Jacob Winemaster. Keep in mind, it's a scrimmage. You're not seeing the top offensive line. You're not seeing the top defensive line, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm sure glad he showed out. I, I, I think great things of him. I think he's a heck of a kid. I think if he can get some playing time, he's certainly in, in line to do that, maybe in a, a couple early games or special teams. But, man, I just I, I think there's too many guys in front of him that just are it. All right. Tyler's chomping up a bit. Okay, so – John, I am so glad you said that because me and Justin almost got in a fist fight over this. Justin is thinking that he is our best linebacker on the roster. Oh. Really good. He got 13 tackles. He got 13 <laughs> tackles. Look how great he is. He should be number one on the depth chart. And I'm like, Justin, why in the heck is a guy you've never heard of until like a week ago going to be your starting linebacker? And me and him went blow to blow after that spring game conversation about his love <laughs> affair. And I almost threw something at him from trying to hit him from Texas. So, John, thank you for backing me up on that. <laughs> okay. So, I, I don't have a dog in this fight. Like, like I said, I think he's a great kid. I think it's the spring game. It's meant to show off some of those guys whose names you might not hear. Um, I'm going to toss this name out there. Feel free to hash it around. Do what you want with it. But keep an eye on Ethan Cox, the walk-on cornerback. Uh, uh, I've heard great things about him in practice. He's got the speed to hang with the, the Division One scholarship guys. I think if we want to talk about a guy who, you know, this fall we're going to see that's that's a lesser-known guy, maybe a walk-on, I think he's probably at the top of my list. You know, Jacob Weinmaster, he may be there, you know, and there's in certain situations, et cetera. 
but I, I just don't. I don't see him cracking the two deep today. All right, today, so part, part two of that conversation was Ethan Cox. Tyler, what were your thoughts on Ethan Cox? I think Ethan Cox has a good shot to be our fourth or best best corner, probably fifth. So <laughs> if, if that if that that's making waves, then we'll see. So you know, I'm a, I, I've got to run here, and I, I hate to cut this short because I, I love hopping on the show and, and chatting with you guys. Um, I think the cornerback position is up for grabs. I think there's no clear leader. Um, Tony Butler, you know, it's a scrimmage, so there's going to be blown schemes, etc. He had a couple guys get past him, so I think um, I think that spot's wide open. Lamar Jackson on one side, showing the physicality, but again, you got to do it on a, on a game day. So those, those spots are wide open. Safeties are wide open, too. You know, Jojo Doman coming back from injury. I'd love to see him this fall. He's just about back. Um, Mick Stoltenberg, he'll be back in May. If you guys don't know that already, he's just about there. Um, and then Decker should be back uh, this summer as well. So I think you'll see a different team come the end of fall camp than what you saw at the uh, the at the end of the red-white game. That, that's kind of the thoughts I would leave you with. All right, John. Well, we appreciate you coming on. I guess you got saved by the bell. You don't have to talk about Darren Nurse at, at all, but uh, oh, <laughs> maybe on a later my date. God. <laughs> I'm gonna make my blood boil, fellas. I, I'm on a tight schedule today, and I can't talk about Erstad. All I will say is, I love him. I think he was a great alumni and a great contributor at Nebraska, both athletically as a football player, as a baseball player, and as a student. I just, I'm, I'm not happy with where the baseball program's at. I haven't seen any progress, and uh, I, I, we could do a whole other show about it. Let's do it. Let's bring. Let's do another show. I'll pull. Uh, I'll pull Steven in. He's our baseball expert. And we'll talk about this. Like we'll do an impromptu show later this week or next week. All right. Bottom line is, bottom line is, punters should not coach baseball. Okay. All right. Well, John. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, guys. Talk to you later, John. You know, I always love bringing John on. We always have these great conversations. Sometimes they get cut short, but goddamn, we could talk for hours with that guy. Uh, you know, uh, we don't want to get into any position battles or in, we don't want to rehash basically what we did Saturday night. Uh, if anybody wants to listen, episode 86, again, we went over our immediate reaction to the spring game. So we're not going to do that here, but I want to ask you guys, now that we've had to sit on the spring game for a few days now, what are our biggest strengths and weaknesses? Tyler, what, what's the strengths of this uh, program right now? You know, if I think if I had to go to the biggest strength on the roster after I I, I, I looked at the spring game and know what the depth chart, I think it's defensive line. And and I know John was a little critical about defensive line play, but I look at where we are from uh, depth and starter. I, I, I like um, when Solenberg comes back, I like our starting three with Freedom, uh, Carlos Davis, and Stolenberg. And you look at where we were last year at this time. We had big concerns about where we were going to be at nose guard. And I think I think Stolenberg looked really good in that position. And I think Carlos Davis played that on Saturday and looked good. And then you look behind that, you look at Damian Daniels and Peyton Newell. We are looking pretty solid at that nose guard. And other defensive ends with Deshaun Neal and Khalil Davis and Deontay Thomas. I just think... Our defensive line right now could be the whole strength of the whole roster. Ooh. Derek, what do you think about defensive line? I, I want to agree with you. I think the depth is there, but I have to go with wide receivers. 
I mean, can you imagine having Tyjon Lindsay, J.D. Spielman, and Stanley Morgan on the field? And they go off to rest, and you bring in Javon McQuitty and Mike Williams and possibly Jaron uh, Woodyard. And, hey, look, we've got a lot of depth here. I mean, we can go two, maybe even three deep, and guys are going to be rested. Playing, getting a lot, everybody will be getting a lot of playing time. And if all these guys can get open field, get into the open field and make plays the way they did in the spring game, I'm impressed. And then you got tight ends to add to that. And that's another big depth that was just huge, I think. So, Tyler, I'm going to disagree with you. Defensive line is not going to be one of our strengths. Yes, I think it'll probably be an improvement over last year, but that's not that hard. But a strength. I, I just don't see it as a strength. Well, what's uh, our strength, Justin? Tell me tell me what you think our big our best position group today is. Okay, I'm going to agree with uh, Derek on this one. Wide receiver. The depth and the playmakers that we have at wide receiver is hands down. I mean, our best strength. Okay, uh, so, so, so I'm sorry. So last year, we've been talking about this position group being our weakest position group for about the whole time we've done this damn podcast. But you talking about defensive line or wide receiver? No, wide receiver. Both of well, them. Okay. Well, uh, wide receiver. We've been talking about depth, and, and I I agree that I like where we are we are at from a progress standpoint. But just look what you guys are saying. You think the strength of our team is going to be a position group that, besides Stanley Morgan and JD Spielman, accounted for what two hundred yards combined receiving in call in Division One uh, football history. I mean. Our next leading wide receiver is going to be Tyjon Lindsay after J.D. Spielman and Stanley Morgan, and he had like 100 yards last year. Yeah. No That's one exactly else, what I'm saying. Reimer, Reimers was not a factor. No one else has taken a Division One snap. I, I, I'm not saying we're not going to be better there. there. We're going to be much better. But if that's the best position group we have on our team with is unproven, I, I just show your work, guys. I, well, I'm, not, I'm not ready to buy it. You're not buying what McQuitty's selling? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, you say you say we need to buy what we're selling, but you kind of need to do the same thing with the defensive line. I mean, I'm we, we, we got started. gashed last year, and this defensive line looked terrible last year. We only have, what, like 17 sacks on the whole friggin' year? Well, I know I that's not I know that's not all on defensive line, but that's that's on your front seven. And we, we got I still think we got a long ways to go on that defensive line. I, I think if you were to look last year at our defense, and I and this is tough, but I, I I do not believe that you would look at our defensive line and say, yeah, that's where this defense sucked last year. I mean, the the single of those guys out is the reason we sucked is not fair. We sucked everywhere. I just think what we've seen from Deshaun Neal in improvement and the fact that we're returning three starters and the way that Carlos Davis continues to develop. And you look at the additional depth there. I just think that they're in a lot better position to see. I'm not saying the wide receivers are going to be the worst unit this year. I just think that you people are overreacting based off McQuitty and Tyjon Lindsay, who both of those guys I am big fans of when they have done nothing to prove anything yet. And, and, and even in that spring game, they didn't necessarily torch the field. So Derek, would it be fair to say, you know, just let's, let's say that Tyler's right about something for once. Let's say, you know, is the defensive line, the strength on the defense? Can you actually say that? 
No, I don't think so. I, w- I would say this, inside backers would be probably more of a strength than the defensive line. But that's just my opinion. I think we're, I think we're just as deep there, and I think they have more proven talent. And I think they've made probably better plays than what the defensive line has. But it's, it's so hard because especially last year with the gap defense and it wasn't an aggressive style defense and just, I, I don't know. It, they, they could change, but right now, like Tyler said about the wide receivers, we have no proof whatsoever what these guys are going to do on this defensive line. I mean, on paper, they look great, but until, until I see it in the game, it's, it's hard to say. I think Derek's based in that answer. Uh, it's off of Jacob Winemaster. I mean, he's just <laughs> talking bad smack. And I'm okay. glad he's coming to my side. First of all, Derek is basing this on his man crush on Will Honus. And Derek is about like a day away from getting a Will Honus tattoo across his chest. So there is a love affair going on in the Cuscat. Who says I didn't Derek. do it last weekend? <laughs> he already has a tattoo that says Willie was here. But... but <laughs> I, I will say this. So, so when I was thinking about this answer about what position group we were um, best at, I, I inside backer was my number two. I, I, I do agree with you, Derek. I think that is a position group that you know we are three deep with three guys that I think could be potential All-American candidates. And then you have Winemaster, who's like our sixth best linebacker, and he's not a bad sixth best off, uh, inside linebacker. I mean, it's not a more, it's not that bad of a deal when he's that. So. Um, no, but he, he is a good player. I think Avery Roberts is going to develop. I, I do think we are in a really healthy spot for inside backer there. Uh, I, I think we've also the- I think we've also made a pretty big improvement on the running back rotation or the depth in the running backs. And and I, I do I mean I understand that we really haven't got a chance to see Greg Bell in a game time situation, but he did really impress me in that spring game, and it is just a spring game. I get it. Uh, but you know, if you, if, if we get Trey Bryant back and we can have a three man rotation between Wilbon, Greg Bell and Trey Bryant, that's a pretty good, uh, backfield to have there. Tyler. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we're, we are much healthier at running back this year and you know, divine Zigbo is going to come in and do his thing too. I mean, he's going to get carries this fall and, and. I think you look at this depth. I mean, last year, man, our running backs were poor and, you don't want to just say everything's going to change, but you add Greg Bell in this, and if a Trey Bryant comes back healthy and Wilbon doesn't have to be the guy, he could be one of the guys, that's a lot better situation. I want to ask you guys about Wilbon because, you know, uh, the whole storyline since he's been at Nebraska, the storyline has been, you know, he's having trouble picking up the offense. He's having trouble picking up uh, the blitz, you know, for pass protection. Uh do you guys anticipate any issues with him learning this offense, Tyler? Well, I I think that it's yet to be seen what he does, but it appeared to me what I've heard that he is picking it up pretty well. Now, picking up the blitz may be a different thing because we saw Derek's boy literally bull rush him and knock him over like nothing uh, on Saturday. Uh, he did not do the greatest in pass protection, but no, I mean, the coaches. I mean, the fact that he was the first running back on the field, I'm not going to weigh this amount into it, but I don't think he would have been in that position if he was struggling to pick up the scheme. I think that, you know, maybe he is picking this up, and I think that you can read a little bit into that thinking that he is in a 
he's in the top half of the depth chart. So I want to ask you about Divine Azigbo. You know, and I, I agree with you. I think he's a guy that can it'll probably get you five five to seven snaps a game. But does he really have the speed to play in the Scott Frost offense? Not at all. Not so at all. Derek, he's you don't see he averaged two point two yards per carry in that game in that spring game. And I, I understand again, I understand we can't judge everything off the spring game, but as of right now, that's the only thing we have to judge on this staff. But you and, saw him last year. I mean, I, there I were did. times and, where and he, he shined was, last year. They're far and few between. I mean, no running back really shined last year, unless you want to say Trey yeah, Bryant. That's true. That's true. So no, I mean, I, but, I, I, I don't know. I, I could see him being left out, left out of most games. I, he might get some carries here or there. He might get some short yardage situations. But there's not going to be – I don't think there's going to be a lot of uh, – up the gut kind of running. It's going to be a lot of misdirections and a lot of trying to bounce to the outside. And Zigbo's just not good at that. It's not, that's not the style of running back that he is. No, it's certainly not his strength. And he looks uh, out of place when he tries to run east and west as opposed to north and south. And that's what that's one of the things that we always complained about last year is like, stop running! <laughs> stop running to the sideline! Go north! Uh, Tyler? Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, when I say he's going to get his carries, I, I don't think he's going to be in the main rotation. I don't think he's going to average. I, I, I honestly don't think he'll average over five carries a game. Um, but I do think there is going to be a role for him. I think yeah, even you saw this Saturday, I mean, the guy is hard to bring down. And whether he is a, he is our goal line back, and, and I don't think Frost is going to use a goal line back like a lot of Husker fans are looking forward to. I think that's going to dr- – I think there'll be some Husker fans complaining about Frost when you see some of his goal line packages of uh, lining up and spread. But I, he, the guy has talent, and I, I've seen it for two years now. He is big. He can move a pile. I think he is going to find a way to get a few reps a game um, in, in key situations. I absolutely disagree with you. As long as Frost is scoring, nobody's going to give a rat's ass how he does it. If he, starts Until he stalling, if he starts stalling in the red zone like Mike Riley's teams always did, then yes, people will start complaining. And they will have the right to complain because you can't get down to the five-yard line, then you can't score. But if his spread offense is still scoring inside that five-yard line, no one's going to complain, I, in my opinion. I, I know I wouldn't. I, I, I won't either, Derek, but I'm going to tell you this, that there are some – Husker fans out there that still that I don't think they have realized that Scott Frost doesn't have a fullback on this roster. Like I, I really think so many people are infatuated with Frost. They haven't realized that he has eliminated the fullback position. Let me and, ask and, you this though: did, we didn't have a fullback last year, did we? we Mike Riley used a fullback one year, and that was Andy. Janovich's senior year. But you know so what? He, I heard people bitch about that. All I heard, and again, they bitched about a lot of stuff last year, but people have bitched about that. There, there are traditionalists, and Derek, you're right. If we're scoring and we're winning, they're going to buy into it. But we all know what this schedule is next year. We all know this task ahead of us. And, and, and there will be people, if we go six and six, which is a real possibility that we go six and six that are going to say, why are we not putting a fullback in? Why are you not running more of that system? If a fullback means that much to a team's success, <laughs> holy crap. You certainly see the NFL run with a lot more fullbacks. If that was, if they were that made that much success. 
Let, let me ask you guys this. Let's uh, to keep this moving on. Uh, we talked about the strengths. Let's talk about the weaknesses here. Uh, Derek, easy secondary. Secondary is. I, I still am so scared to see any team pass on us. Did you see how many times our wide receivers got open in that game? There were probably two or three plays where we could have had a pass go for 50 yards at our right receiver not end up – if it wasn't a bad pass or uh, or maybe even a drop pass. But there were times uh, – as a matter of fact, Adrian uh, Adrian Martinez's one touchdown pass to uh, Javon McQuitty, there wasn't anybody within 10 yards of Javon McQuitty. And we only had – we were on like the 15-yard line, so it wasn't like he had a long ways to go. I mean, it wasn't like he had a lot of open field. And yet he still had that much room because our secondary couldn't cover him. And I don't know that Jay, Jay – I mean, I like Javon McQuitty, but I don't know if he's that good that he could burn the whole secondary that that bad. I mean – It's uh, – well, okay, keep it moving along. Uh, Tyler, what's your weakness? I mean, that, that's a good pick, Derek. I, I, that was a wise thing you said there, which I don't say very often. But um, but I'm going to go a little bit different. I think offensive line. Um, I'm terrified for that group. Um, you know, you look at their tackles and you look at Farniak and Hymas, and both of them are young. I mean, they, they are not juniors or seniors. Um, we're, we're a little bit more experienced in, in our interior line, but I still don't know who our starting center is going to be. I, I just think that when you're looking at this Frost offense, there's a lot of emphasis on the speed that which you play. But what doesn't get taken into account is the speed that the offensive line needs to play. I mean, they're going to need to be able to get up there and get their assignments lined up. And you look at this new system, you look at the starters when playing out there, which you're not in love with. But the problem is, look at the depth behind you. And, and I, I dare the Husker Nation to tell me who our third best tackle on this roster is. And, and, and I, I don't know how you name them. I don't know who yeah. – you, you look at this, we're one injury away from a gaping hole of a weak line. I just think the depth is not there. There's a lot of development to be there, and I'm terrified with the speed of this game. If we're going to be rushing up there, are we going to need to rotate an offensive line more than we have in the past? And, and how is that going to look? Um, it, it is terrifying for me from the starters to the depth and how this is going to play out. Interestingly enough, you know, we, uh, we came up with our own depth chart, kind of like what we alluded to in 86, episode 86. And uh, we struggled there at the tackle position trying to find out who was in that two deep. And uh, we had uh, Christian Gaylord and Matt Sichterman. I mean, they were just kind of like, like – Okay, well, there's names that we can put in there, but it was hard. But, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'm not as doomsday on the offensive line. I think we'll see a lot of – kind of like defensive line. I think we're going to see a lot of improvement in the offensive line. Uh, but it's certainly going to be a weakness on the uh, offense. Me, I'm going to go with the layup here. I'm going with, in the special teams, the kicking game. The kicking game, you know, whether it's extra points, field goals, whatever – atrocious completely atrocious and there's not going to be any group that's going to be more uh noticeable than that i think come this fall because we will probably lose a game based off of the kicking game tyler you, i so i have thought about this justin and i think that's not a bad pick yours um 
you both are saying some wise shit in the second half of the segment, <laughs> but uh, but Thanks, I, I've come up, I've, I've come up with the recommendation: move Caleb Lightborn, get him some kicks in there, double duty, all Lightborn all the time. You know, we we've seen him as a first year kicker and as a first year punter, he was atrocious. He's the only punter that I've ever seen that makes me laugh every time he <laughs> kicked the ball. We don't know where it's going to land. I mean, is it going to land seven rows up? Eh, maybe. I mean, <laughs> he, he's definitely the only guy I've ever seen kick a negative two yard punt without it getting yeah. blocked. And that wasn't his worst punt. <laughs> uh, I, I guess my biggest thing on special teams is as long as they don't go to the two-point conversion like Oregon, I'll be happy. There's no way Frost would do that. But again, but I say that, but like honestly, if he did that, that wouldn't shock me. Like He is a progressive guy. Like... And, and, and this is what Husker fans should be very excited about with Frost, is that he is progressive in a lot of areas, but he still believes in physical football. It is just going to look different than people are used to. Let me ask you that this. That two-point conversion is probably actually a possibility. Okay, so we all know what we thought uh, and uh, under Chip Kelly and Mark Elfrich when Oregon was running this, uh, the two-point conversion, and they would always try to do it uh, you know, against the lesser teams. Oregon did it to Nebraska, which caused their demise that year that Amir Abdullah had this kick-ass game. But, I mean, what, what are your thoughts? Uh, how are you going to change? If Nebraska starts doing this two-point conversion, as much as we used to villainize Chip Kelly and Mark Helfrich, are you going to be okay with it, or are you going to be like, what a dick move? I'll, I'll call it a dick move just because I'm an asshole. Yeah, you are. Well, I, I will say this. is If we're in a situation where our kicker, let's just say he is a 65-70% extra point kicker, which is really, really bad, then I think that movement makes a lot of sense. Okay, I, think we, that, I, yeah. I think if you're in that dire straight to kicker. Now, I think that if you have an extra point kicker that can kick 95%. I just don't think it makes sense. I, I, I don't believe the probability is there, especially when you look at what our offense is going to be. Now, if you, the math says, if you can convert 55% of the time, it makes sense to do it. I just don't know if we have the offense that's going to be able to convert that. But, um, I, 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 I just, I think it, it is a gamble it is something that, at the end of the day, that can cost you more games that can win. But, again, with what we saw on Saturday, if we're kicking those type of PATs, bring on the two-point conversion, baby. <laughs> bring it on, yep. <laughs> I will overlook that dick move. <laughs> ha, yeah, not to see those kickers on the field. Yeah. Well, Bear, right, guys. Bear, Pick, Bear Pickering had one missed field goal that was a bobbled snap. It was kind of a bad snap. He probably should have still made the field goal as a mid-range field goal. But he made all of his extra points. I mean, it, that other kicker, that Fromm, he was the one that was absolutely atrocious. Well, he and, just one bad apple spoiled it for the whole damn bunch. Well, and I will say this is let, let's not overreact. I mean, Fromm. I mean, he's a he's young too, and I mean, Pickering is definitely young. And I think that let's just. I, I'm not ready to say that we're in a situation where we're going to be looking at that bad of performance, but. God, I I hope not. Now, that would be 
we've been kicker you for quite a while, and that would be really sad if we were in that kind of situation. Well, look, I guess uh, we'll set the over-under for two-point conversions against Akron at two. We'll set that right now. Get, get your early money in. All right, it's time for the last call. This is the segment where no topic is off limits. Uh, Tyler, start off with last call. Saturday was a great day in Husker Nation, but there was some controversy on Saturday's game. The Husker team came out to a new tunnel walk music. Um, they, they did a rendition of Come Together by the Beatles. Um, and there's been a lot of talk about, is that going to be our new tunnel walk song or should the tunnel walk music change? And I will tell you, I am a fan of the current tunnel walk but I am all in favor of a change. I don't know if that's the tune I'd want, but you give me a little bit of a hip hip hooray or hip hip ray, uh, whatever music you want to get. I, I am all for some change and modernization to the, to the uh, tunnel walk. You mean hip hop hooray, not Mike Riley's hip hip hooray, right? Hip hip hooray! <laughs> hip hip hooray! Okay. I'm not doing it. <laughs> You'll never have to again. That's the nice thing about Mike Riley being gone. Oh, that's not the nice thing. Everything is nice about Mike Riley being gone. Uh, I, I actually disagree with you. I, I call me the traditionalist, I guess. I, I love Sirius and in, in, in the uh, tunnel walk. I it sends chills down your spine with with the music and the. I mean, just and I suppose another song if you get used to it, it'd probably do the same, but. I just, I just love listening to Sirius. Right, I don't even know that song other than the intro to it, but it just fits so well. I think the mood's going to change a lot once uh, Scott Frost restores Nebraska to their championship days, and then it's going to finally mean something again when we are on top and coming out of the tunnel pl- to Sirius. Uh, right now, yeah, it's kind of been a facade. I mean, we, we just kind of look like idiots, you know, uh, coming out there it was like, hey, four and eight team. Here we come out of the tunnel, you know. And here comes Sirius. Nobody's being intimidated. But I think once we get back to where we're supposed to be, I, I think it'll be uh, great again. Uh, will another song do that? Maybe. But you know what? As traditionalists as Nebraska fans are, they are going to go back to that moment. Remember back when Nebraska was great and they played that song? Yeah, I, I'm for leaving it too serious. Maybe they, uh, maybe they could play "Eye of the Tiger." Why swap out a <laughs> you know a 35 year old song for another 35 year old song? Anyway, uh, Derek, last question. All right, so the NFL draft is this weekend, and we have about four Huskers that are trying to get drafted, and Chris Jones, uh, Tanner Lee, Nick Gates, and uh, Joshua Caleb. I don't think Joshua Caleb probably has much of a chance, but uh, good luck to all those, all four of those guys trying to get drafted, and uh, hope they have great success in the NFL. My bold pick on that is no Huskers will be picked on Thursday. Probably a safe pick. Yeah, that's why I don't make much money gambling, Justin. Uh, but no, I think I think that it was gonna be interesting. CBS Sports had Josh Kalu getting drafted in the sixth round. Um, Chris Jones is working on Jacksonville this week. Um, it will be intriguing. Tanner Lee, I think he's got some hype. Nick Gates looks like the odd man out. I I 
I do not feel good about his chances being drafted. But, um, yeah, to echo your point, I, I think we will always root for these Huskers, even though they uh, came off the season. And hopefully we see some people get drafted so we can keep the streak alive. Tyler, Nick Gates is the third best tackle that you were looking for earlier. Come back, I don't know if he's ever been the third best tackle anywhere. <laughs> All right. Uh, last call to me, and last, my last call is going to go out to Bill Moose, athletic director, talking some mad smack out there. Maybe not mad smack, but just having a lot of fun. Uh, he says, we're going to run that up-tempo offense we saw, and we're going to get the black shirts back to being black shirts. So that's extremely important. You've got Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh thinking, we better put a little more into that Nebraska game coming up, and that's the way we want it. They're running a little bit scared right now. How awesome is it when you see an athletic director talking like that? You're not going to see Eichhorst, you know, saying anything fun, you know? <laughs> so, oh, Bill Moose, treasure. Love it. Tanner? I love me some Bill Moose, but I'm, in this situation, I don't think we need to give Michigan and Ohio State any more Bolton uh, material. I, I am I am a little bit nervous, especially for that Ohio State game. Uh, screw Harbaugh. Let him go fly a kite and go row a boat or do something stupid like that. <laughs> Derek? I, I, I tend to agree with Tyler a little bit on this one. I, I, I think maybe Bill Moose needs, needs to worry a little more about firing Ike or uh, Ur, Urstad than firing up another team that we probably aren't going to beat anyway. Ooh, well played, well played. All right, well, that's certainly going to be a conversation that we're going to be having in the near future. Uh, but uh, let's get out of here. Great show tonight, guys. It's a lot of fun, as always. But uh, if you guys want to listen to all of our uh, podcasts, all of our podcasts are on uh, Podbean and on iTunes. Be sure you go out to HuskerHype.com. You'll see all the latest in Husker news. You'll see all of our podcasts there. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. And also, Give us feedback. You can go to huskerhype.com and give us feedback. You can give us feedback on Twitter uh, at huskercuzcast. Uh, anyway, let's get out of here. As always, go big red. Go big red. <laughs>